Pastors Michael and Brenda Brunzo welcome you and thank you for listening to the following message. This message was recorded during a regular service at Faith Fellowship Church. The Bible tells us in Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So we believe this message will encourage and strengthen you in your daily walk of faith. God bless you as you listen. Praise the Lord. Well, I'm going to teach you today about the mighty Holy Ghost. Yes. And I call him mighty because he's the most powerful being in the universe. Come on. He's the most powerful being anywhere that you can even imagine. Yes. Amen. The most powerful. Hallelujah. And you know what? He dwells in you. Yes. Yes. And we're going to dedicate some time to him. You know, we every Wednesday night, we have Holy Ghost meetings, and we teach or preach something about the Holy Ghost. Amen? Yeah. And we even try to have a demonstration of the Holy Ghost. And every once in a while, he moves. Yes. But he moves according to how we reverence him, how we honor him, how we respect him how we create the atmosphere for him to move in. And we've been doing a good job of that on Wednesday nights. Amen? And so uh, I don't think Wednesday nights is enough. So I want to start a series. I don't know how long it's going to go. It might only go two messages, three messages. I don't know. But I want to dedicate some time teaching about the Holy Ghost and his ministry. And the first thing we have to do is understand that there's two major encounters that we have with the Holy Ghost, and both of them are voluntary on your part. Both of them are according to how much you desire these encounters, how much you thirst or hunger for these encounters, because he's not going to force himself on anybody. God doesn't force himself. That's the trait and characteristic of the devil. He will force himself on you, but God will never do that. You have to hunger and thirst for him. Amen? But the first experience we encounter is when you voluntarily uh, accept the Lord Jesus as Lord of your life. You confess your sins and you have the baptism of repentance and the Holy Ghost comes into you and regenerates your spirit. In other words, he brings new life to your spirit, your dead, dried up, old spirit. He will regenerate you, and we call it being born again. We call it being saved. We call it the forgiveness of sins. We call it all kinds of different things, but it's basically a regeneration of your spirit by the Holy Spirit. He actually comes into you to do that. He imparts new life into you. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Then there's another experience that is for believers only. And this is subsequent to the first experience. And that is when we are filled with or baptized with the Holy Ghost. Amen. It's a separate encounter. It's yes. a different encounter yes. with a different purpose. Amen. Amen. He empowers us for life and for ministry. Yes. And I'm, a t- I'm just going to tell you something right now. We face a supernatural enemy, a powerful enemy. We think he doesn't have any power, but you look at the world and what's going on in the world right now, and, and he has all the power that man is willing to give to him. Yes. Yes. And he, there is evil in the world. Yes. 
There is evil in you if it goes unchecked. Yeah. And I don't know why we would want to face a world like that without being supernaturally empowered by a, a being that is even greater than the one that's in the world. Because yeah, we cannot defeat him on any level in ourselves. Come on. And we need to be baptized in the Holy Ghost. We need to receive that power from on high because if we don't, we're not going to have victory over sin. We're not going to have victory over fear. We're not going to have victory over any of the things that he comes against us with. Right. Because we just don't have the power to do it. Amen. And I'm telling you, I've noticed since I've been filled with the Holy Ghost many years now, I've been able to do things that I was never able to do before. Amen. I've been able to resist things that I couldn't normally resist in myself. But with him empowering me, I can resist anything that the devil throws against me. Yeah. Right. Amen. Amen. And I, it's not me. It's him. Amen. Hallelujah. But the Gospels uh, of John chapter 14, verse 17, Jesus refers to him as the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive. That's why I say this experience of being baptized with the Holy Ghost is subsequent to the born-again experience, and this is for believers only. You can't receive the Holy Ghost until you are born again or saved. Amen. You have to receive Jesus yeah. first. Amen? Yeah. The world cannot receive him because it sees him not. Neither knows him, but you know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. Now, don't forget, Jesus is talking to his disciples. He's talking to Jews before the crucifixion and the resurrection. So he's telling them, he's with you now. Yes. But he's not in you yet. Yes. But he will be in you after I'm crucified, I pay the price for sin, and I'm resurrected. Then he'll be available to be in you. Yes. Amen. Amen. And then in Acts chapter 1, verses 4 through 8, Jesus speaks of the Holy Spirit in a way that clearly points to two different experiences uh, and it points to another experience that's beyond the new birth. In Acts uh, chapter 1 verse 4 he says, Once when he was eating with them, his disciples, he commanded them, Do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised. As I told you before, John baptized with water but in just a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. Now, we can call him the Holy Spirit or we can call him the Holy Ghost. King James, they both come from the same Greek word. The King James chose to uh, translate it ghost and other translations like the NIV and the one I'm reading in right now, uh, the NLT, chose to call him the Holy Spirit. It doesn't make any difference. It's the same being that we're talking about. And then verse 6 says, so when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking him, Lord, has the time come for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom? Now, this is after Jesus has been ministering to them for over three years, and they're still thinking carnally. They're still thinking earthly. They're looking for him to set them free from the Roman uh, suppression. And then he replied in verse 7, the Father alone has the authority to set those dates and times. In other words, he's saying there will come a time, but it's not now. The Father will set those dates and times, 
and they are not for you to know. How many knows after Jesus says something is not for you to know, you stop asking. Amen. Amen. That's right. In other words, I didn't come here to get involved in your politics. I came to redeem your life. Yes. Don't be worrying about earthly kingdoms at this time. Yes. I want you to concentrate on getting the gospel out and getting people born again. Amen. I came to build a spiritual kingdom. I came to build a church that the gates of hell will not prevail against. Amen. Get your mind off those politics yeah. for now. Yeah. I'm telling you, this spoke to me very loudly because I spent a lot of times reading about politics yeah. and reading about uh, the news. Of course, I don't listen to the lying fake news, but there's a couple good news sources that I listen to. And it's telling me, don't be worrying about that. Yeah. You be about the father's business. Yeah. You get the word out. You get people saved. You nurture them. You make disciples out of them. I'll worry about the politics. I'll set a date and time for that to be taken care of. And I believe the Father has. Amen. It's not for me to know. Verse 8 says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Yes. So we can see here that Jesus is referring to two different experiences with the yes. Holy Ghost. John said the Holy Ghost dwelling in you, and Jesus said the Holy Ghost coming upon you. Yes. Coming upon you in power. Yes. And a lot of believers feel that they received all the Holy Ghost that there is to receive when they were born again. Nope. Entire denominations believe that. There's even one denomination that named themselves after that first experience. I'm not going to mention any names because they're doing a the good work for Jesus. Hallelujah. They're good people. They're, they're uh, getting the word out. They're getting a lot of people saved. Amen. Amen. So uh, there's nothing wrong with what they're doing. But they're just missing out on that second experience that I'm talking about. They're satisfied with the experience that they had when the Holy Ghost came into them at the new birth and, and regenerated their spirits. But that's not the end of it. See, they believe that there's no Holy Ghost beyond that. That when you were born again, he came into you. And yes, that's true. But he came into you with a purpose. And that was to regenerate you, to impart uh, eternal life into your spirit and your soul. So the Holy Ghost is present in a new new birth. So that's partially true. Uh, but that's how we become new creations in Christ. Paul said in uh, 2 Corinthians 5 17, therefore if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. That's what happened at the new birth. Old things, your old nature, passed away and all things became new. Amen? Is this too hard for you? No. The Bible calls this the new birth experience. And he calls it several different ways. He says receiving Christ, that's the new birth experience. Receiving eternal life, that's the new birth experience. Receiving forgiveness of sins, also the new birth uh, experience. Yeah. And, uh, but on the other hand, as you read the book of Acts, you'll see another experience with the Holy Ghost. And you'll notice that it says people receive the Holy Ghost. It's not talking about uh, being born again or the new birth. He says they receive the Holy Ghost. That's pretty plain. Yes. 
He says they're filled with the Holy Ghost, uh -huh. baptized with the Holy Ghost, uh -huh. or receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And all four of them terms are used to describe this experience that comes subsequent to the new birth, after the new birth. This is a different experience. Same Holy Ghost, different experience, yes. different purpose. This one is for empowerment. So my point is this, the new birth and the baptism in the Holy Ghost are two distinct and separate experiences with two distinct and separate purposes. Amen. It's important that we start at this level. It's important we start with the very basics, an introduction to the Holy Ghost. I know some of you deep sheep are way beyond this, but a little review that never hurt anybody. Amen. So there's so, so many believers that go through life powerless they're born again, there's no doubt about it. They're Christians, there's no doubt about it. But yet they go through life powerless, yes. and they go through life being defeated by the enemy because they fail or refuse to take part in this yeah. second experience. That's right. And one of the reasons is because they don't want to speak in tongues. It's embarrassing for them to speak in tongues. Pride will keep you from speaking in tongues. But as we'll learn later, this is the evidence of you being in fill. Amen. He said That's that they were all filled with the Holy Ghost on the day of Pentecost. Yes. Every one of them, all 120 in that yes. room, were filled with the Holy Ghost. And they all spoke with other tongues uh -huh. as the Spirit gave them utterance. Amen. So it's just an evidence. Yes. Now you could be filled with the Holy Ghost and never speak in tongues. I believe that with all my heart. But you're losing out because you're losing out on the benefits of speaking in tongues. Amen. Do you think Billy Graham wasn't filled with the Holy Ghost? He was filled. Uh, these other great ministers that uh, don't believe in being baptized in the Holy Ghost that did these wonderful works and got millions of people saved, they're filled with the Holy Ghost. They just never spoke in tongues. And I'll show you in a little while why it's beneficial for us to speak in tongues. Amen. Amen. So the devil is a supernatural being, like I said. And you're going to need the help of this supernatural being that we have from heaven called the Holy Ghost because he is more powerful than them. He even said that greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So now I want you to watch this. Turn to Acts, the 8th chapter, the 12th through the 17th verses. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Acts 8, 12, it says, But when they believed Philip as he preached the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, both men and women were baptized. So Amen. Philip, uh, if, you, if you remember, Philip started out as a table waiter. Mm. Amen. Yeah. And he was one of the ones that were chosen that was full of wisdom and the Holy Ghost. But here he has been promoted. So uh, he's an evangelist now. So don't think that you can't be promoted. God will promote you when the time comes. Amen? Amen. And so Philip was promoted. Now he's an evangelist. And in verse 13 it says, Then Simon himself also believed, and when he was baptized, he continued with Philip. In other words, he's following him around. And was amazed seeing the miracles and the signs which were done. Now, when the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them, mm -hmm. who, when they had come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. In other words, this is one of the terms I talked about earlier, 
being baptized with the Holy Spirit, receive the Holy Spirit. Yes. For as yet he had fallen upon none of them. They had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And this means by the authority of Jesus' name. Mm -hmm. And then they laid hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. So there's two different experiences right here in this passage. Right. In other words, when you were born again, you didn't receive all the Holy Spirit that is available. And there's another experience that every believer needs, and that is the baptism with the Holy Ghost or in the Holy Ghost. Amen. Now, these Samaritans were born again. Uh, before Peter and John ever went to Samaria, uh, they were born again because it says Philip preached to them and they received the word. He preached the gospel to them. They believed it. They received it. They were born again. So if they received the word of God, they received Jesus because John said uh, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. And then we learn later in, in, in verse 14 that uh, the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. Yes. So the, the, the word that became flesh is Jesus. So yes. if you received yes. the word, you received Jesus. Yes. And so you were born again. And then I want you to go to Acts 19. We're going to look at verses 1 through 6. So Peter and, and John wasn't praying for them to be born again because Philip already got them born again when he came through there as an evangelist. They prayed for them to receive the Holy Ghost or be baptized in the Holy Ghost. In Acts 19 verses 1 through 6 it says, And it came to pass... That while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul, having passed through the upper coast, came to Ephesus and finding certain disciples, he said unto them, Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? And they said unto him, We have not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. Yes. And he said unto them, Unto what then were you baptized? Uh -huh. And they said unto John's baptism. Then said Paul, John verily baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying unto the people that they should believe on him which should come after him that is on Christ Jesus. See, John was a voice uh, crying in the wilderness, and he was pointing the way, or he was blazing the trail for Jesus to come on the scene. Amen. And so he says, there's one coming after me. I ain't even worthy to tie his sandals, but... I baptize with water unto repentance. He will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. Yes. It's important that when we're baptized, we're baptized with the Holy Ghost and fire. Yes. Because it is a purifying fire. Yes. It burns up dross. Yes. It burns up the sin in your life. Yes. It will burn up the fear in your life. It will burn things out of your life that don't belong there. Amen. Amen. So then uh, in verse 5, it says, when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid his hands upon them, the Holy Ghost came on them, and they spake with tongues and prophesied. Those are two uh, manifestations of the Holy Spirit. And he said to them in verse 2 again, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? Since you were born again, have you received the Holy Ghost? So the question is, had these people already believed in Jesus? And the answer is yes. yes. Because Paul called them what? Disciples. Mm -hmm. 
And then Paul asked them if they had received the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. First disciples, then the Holy Spirit. You can't receive the Holy Spirit if you're not born again. Amen. So there is a second experience after receiving Jesus or being born again. And the Bible actually teaches three baptisms. I know there's uh, the passage in Hebrews tells us there's one baptism, one spirit, one that, uh, one in the unity and all this. But uh, there, there's one baptism in the body of Christ or into the body of Christ. But there's other baptisms after that. Amen. So uh, the Bible teaches three baptisms. The baptism into Christ when you're born again. Yeah. The only one that can baptize you into the body of Christ or immerse you, that's what baptism means, immerse you into the body of Christ is the Holy Ghost. He's the only one that can do that. That's what happens at the regeneration when you're born again. And then there's the baptism in water, and all that means is that you're identifying with your newfound Christianity. You are in identifying with Christ, and you're telling the world that you've been buried with him and you rose with him. Amen. And you rose in newness of life. The old man yes. went down into that watery yes, grave. Sir. A new man emerges Amen. and with yeah. a new nature. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just symbolic of your identification with Christ. Yeah. There's no magic in those waters, Miss Shannon. <laughs> you know, I say it must have been something in the water. There's nothing in the water. Amen. It's just water. And it remains to be just water. The baptism in the water was just to identify with Christ. And then there's the baptism of the Holy Ghost and fire, or in the Holy Ghost and fire. And that is the third baptism. Let's take a little side journey. Because I know for a fact there's a lot of confusion concerning the baptism in water and the baptism into Christ. They get them confused because Jesus said in Mark 16, 16, he that believes and is baptized shall be saved or born again. But he that believes not shall be damned. And because of this scripture, there's entire denominations. I don't have to mention them. You know the name of them. They're named after this baptism in water. Uh, that say uh, uh, in order to be born again, you also must be baptized in water. If you're not baptized in water, then you'll be damned. And so uh, the problem with that is that baptism in water is the work of a man. Right. Baptism into Christ or baptism into the body of Christ is a work of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. There's a big difference. Yes. I don't want to have to rely on man Amen. for my salvation. Amen. I only rely on God for my salvation. Yes. He says, I'm saved or born again when I accept Christ, truly accept him in my heart, repent, turn 180 degrees and walk in a new direction and new newness of life. He said, I'm born again then. That's before the water and after the water. Yes. It doesn't make any difference. Again, it's good to be baptized in water. Everybody should be baptized in water only to identify yourself yes. with Christ. Amen. Again, there's no... Nothing magical in the, in the waters. But whole denominations believe that if you're not baptized in water, then you can't go to heaven. And uh, the baptism Jesus is talking about in this passage of scripture is the baptism into the body of Christ. Amen. When you're born again, yes. that's the work of the Holy Ghost. 
It's not the water that saves you or damns you. Come on. Let, me, let me just put it this way. The water doesn't save you or damn you. It says, he that believes shall be saved. He that believes not shall be damned. So it's in the believing, not in the water. If you believe, then you're saved. If you believe not, then you're damned because you just rejected the only way to salvation, the only way to heaven. You rejected Jesus by not believing. That's right. That's what sends you to hell. That's what keeps you out of heaven, not whether or not you've been dumped in the water. Anyway, that was all free. <laughs> Hallelujah. But notice again, Paul's question was, have you received the Holy Ghost since you what? Believed. If you didn't believe, you can't receive the Holy Ghost. So we can ask the same question Paul asked those believers. Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? Well, yeah, I received him at the new birth. Yes, you received him in part. That was for a different purpose. There's another experience that you need to have. And I know most of us in here have had this experience. But I'm talking to you too. Not everybody out there has had it. Amen? But he said in verse 2, We have not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. <laughs> you can't say that anymore. <laughs> you can't say you haven't heard that there be any Holy Ghost because you heard there be a Holy Ghost. Amen? Hallelujah. There's a lot of churches just like this church at Ephesus that Paul's talking about. They magnify and they worship God. They magnify and they lift up and they worship Jesus. And that's great. But then they shy away from the Holy Ghost and his ministry. You'll hear Jesus and you'll hear God preach every Sunday from most pulpits. But you don't hear a whole lot about the Holy Ghost being preached from the pulpit like you're hearing it this morning. And there is the type of church or people that heard about the Holy Ghost and heard about speaking in tongues, but they heard all the wrong things. They heard that they should stay away from that Holy Ghost stuff. They heard that they should uh, stay away from it because those people are nuts. I thought like this myself one time, being grown up as a good, good little Catholic boy. I thought they were nuts too. Uh, they shake, they shout, they run, they jump, they dance, they spin around, they do all kinds of crazy things. Some of them roll on the floor, they're called holy rollers. They teach that Jesus never did any of those things, so we shouldn't do them either. But let me tell you this, everyone Jesus touched did it. When Jesus touched somebody, they ran, they jumped, they went into the water, they come out of the water, they spun, they shouted, they were full of joy. They did those things when Jesus touched them. Amen. And they say speaking in other tongues is of the devil. And I know we covered this pretty thoroughly on Wednesday nights, but let me ask you this. Why is speaking in other tongues of the devil it's just another language there's nothing wrong with speaking in english or german or italian or spanish you would never say anything like that about them you wouldn't say that those tongues are of the devil why do you say this tongues is of the devil i, I mean they're all tongues based on the different regions of the world that they were originated in so what's wrong with speaking a language that came from heaven come on 
a, a heavenly language. Yes. You know, since I got filled with the Holy Ghost, I become bilingual. I speak English and I speak a heavenly language. Right. Amen. Amen. So tell me, what's wrong with communicating with God in a language that the devil can't understand? That's right. You know how powerful it is to pray in a language that the devil can't get a leg up on? Amen. He can't head you off at the pass, right. so to speak, because he don't know what direction you're going That's because right. you just shared that with God and God only. Yes. And how many knows God understands that language? Yes. The devil don't. There's one advantage right there. How about a language that produces miracles, builds you up, strengthens you, intercedes and prays for you when you get yourself in a jam, which is every day for most of us. Amen. You have a language that can pray the perfect will of God in yes. your life. Yes. The yes. Holy Ghost knows what you need. Amen. And when you pray out of your spirit, because you can only go so far in your natural tongue. Yes. You can only pray so far because you don't know everything. You yes. see through a glass darkly right now. Yes. But when you run out of words to say in your native language, the Holy Ghost make an intercession for you in yes. words that cannot be uttered. Yes. In other words, your heavenly language kicks in yes. and the Holy Ghost begins to pray out of your spirit yes. exactly what needs to be prayed, yes, the sir. perfect will of God for that That's situation. Right. Yes. What's wrong with that kind of language? You say, well, no one can understand it. God understands it. Yes. And if you need to know what's being said, he'll have someone interpret it for you. Yes. But there's some things you don't need to know. There's some things that the Holy Ghost will pray through your spirit, the perfect will of God, that will scare the pants off of you. And if it ever comes to the place where you need to know, God will get it to you. God will let you interpret your own tongues sometimes. And if not you, someone else will. Amen. Amen. Uh, unlearned people call it a language that came from the devil. <laughs> but as you know, we all served the devil before we were born again. And I can guarantee you, none of you ever spoke a tongue that came from heaven. Amen. Nobody, without exception. But you sure spoke a language that came from hell. You spoke the language of the devil, and some of you still speak devil. Woo. Fluent devil. Woo. You speak doubt and unbelief, fear, gossip. You speak hate, racism, hurtful words, and you use four-letter words. But people want to consider a language that came from heaven, that came from God, heavenese. I don't care. We can call it whatever we want. It's a language. Yes. Amen? Yes. It's a heavenly language. Yes. And people need to be careful calling something that comes from God or comes from heaven evil because yes, that's exactly yeah. what Jesus defined as blasphemy, yes. the only unforgivable yes. sin. Yes. So when we don't know something about something, we should keep our mouths shut, shut. Right. Amen. There's a lot of times I had to bite my tongue. There's a lot of doctrines in other denominations that I don't agree with, but I'll never say nothing against them. Unless it's sending people to hell, then I'll send, say something against it. But, you know, that little 2% that we can't all seem to agree on, I'm not going to get into that with any denomination. Hallelujah. It might turn out to be wrong. <laughs> There's a first time for everything. But what if I told you, stay away from God. Stay away from Jesus. 
Would you? No. I hope not. No. Well, the Holy Ghost is just as much a part of the Trinity as God and Jesus is. So why would we listen to anyone that tells us to stay away from the Holy Ghost or that Holy Ghost stuff? And that's disrespectful in itself, calling it Holy Ghost stuff. Why would we want to stay away from the Holy Ghost? No, we shouldn't any more than we would stay away from God and Jesus. He is a part of the Trinity. He's a part of the Godhead. It's the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. They're all three gods. Amen? And so we need to stick with the whole Trinity. Don't be picking and choosing who you're going to serve or how you're going to serve. The Holy Spirit is not weird or strange, like people try to believe he is, but there's a lot of weird and strange people that have some weird and strange ideas about the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. <laughs> but he's to be embraced. He's to be respected. He's to be reverenced. He's to be honored. He's to be loved. He's to be embraced, yes. just like we would the Father and the Son. Yes. Yeah. Amen. 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 See, that doesn't go over big with a lot of people because they don't think that he should be given that kind of attention. And, you know, they're all three gods and they're co-equal. God is considered the greatest because he beget the son. Yes. So the begetter is always greater than the one that was begotten. Yes. But they're still co-equal as gods. They're still all part of the trinity. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm just trying to give us some insight into the Holy Ghost. And uh, so we quit being afraid of him and we quit shying away from him. Uh, then there's a type of church or the type of people like us who believe in the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And we don't think he's weird or strange. And we're people who understand who Jesus is. We want all of him. We understand who the Father is. We want all of him. But we also understand who the Holy Ghost is, and we want all of him as well. I want all of God, I can all the whole God head. I want all I can get. Amen. And if you don't want a part of it, I'll take your part. Isaiah. Hallelujah. But we're people who know who the Holy Ghost is, and we want all of him in our life. That's why we're studying about him. That's why we're teaching about him and preaching about him. What does the Bible say about the Holy Ghost? Amen. What is his ministry? Yes. What will he do for me and through me? Amen. Don't forget through me. That's right. a, lot of, a lot of Christians get hung up on what you can do for me. Yes. But it's more than that. It's what he can do through you yes. for other people. Right. Yes, sir. And, and, you know, I've taught on the importance of departing words. And if you remember, we used an example of Jacob, who became Israel, Knowing the time of his departure was near, he gathered his 12 sons and he prophesied to each and every one of them concerning their future. Departing words. Yes. They're important. He, he said things in his departure and at his death that he wouldn't normally say any other time. But he knew this is the last chance I'll have to say what needs to be said. And whether they like it or not, agree with it or not, I'm going to say it. But soon I'll be departing this world. Yes. It's like if I knew the time of my departure, I'd gather my sons and I would tell them important things as well. Like, yes. don't look for an inheritance because your mother and I spent it. <laughs> and take care of my dog. I would tell them important things that I wouldn't normally tell them otherwise. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> 
No, I'll get in the side. In the Gospel of John, chapters 14, 15, 16, and 17, these are Jesus' departing words to his disciples. And he gathered his 12 disciples together, much like Jacob gathered his 12 sons together. Yes. And he begins to tell them things that are of utmost importance. Yes. Things that he didn't teach him throughout his three and a half years as they ministered together. In these four chapters of John, and, and I'd probably say uh, the first chapter in the book of Acts as well, because Jesus had some departing words there before he went to heaven. But he talked about a lot of different things that was important to the church and every believer. Yes. And he talked about unity. He talked about love, loving God and loving one another. He talked about our authority in prayer and, and other things like that. But what he talked about the most in these four chapters or with his departing words was about the Holy Ghost and his ministry. Yes. So of all the importance of departing words... His emphasis was on the Holy Spirit. Now, these are Jesus' departing words to his followers. So, uh, and it's also to you and I. Yes. Amen. Amen. We're followers. Yes. So, do you think they're important? Yes, sir. I do. He's telling us things that will make us successful in life. Mm -hmm. Do you think it would be worth listening to him? Yes. Now, we might not have been able to sit there at his feet like the disciples did, but we can still sit at his feet right now in the spirit and hear these things by reading them and meditating on them over and over and over. Yes. These are the most important things Jesus had to say. And uh, he talked mostly about the important thing that would make us successful in all areas of our life. And that's the Holy Ghost, something that would empower us and make us overcomers and victorious in every area of our life. In John 14, verses 15 and 16, he said, if you really love me, you will keep, obey my commands. And I will ask the Father and he will give you another comforter, another comforter. And that word another in the Greek means one identical to the first. And if I hired my grandchildren to pull weeds like I often do, I just had Ethan do it uh, last week. Tyler would have been in on it, but he had a ball game. But I had Ethan do it last week. But if I hired my grandchildren to pull weeds around my house, and I told them I'll give you 20 bucks now, up front, here's 20 bucks, and I'll give you 20 bucks when you finish the job. And so he goes around the house, he pulls all the weeds, he finishes the job, and he comes up to me, and I give him a buck. What do you think? How do you think that would go over? Uh-uh. You said you'd give me one identical to the first one. That's right. I don't want anything else. I want one that's identical to the first one. Yes. You gave me a 20, I expect a 20. Yes. Why? Because it's another one identical to the first. Now, if I gave him a 50, he probably wouldn't say nothing. <laughs> but anyway, that's kind of what Jesus is doing here. He said, I'll send you another comforter, one identical to the first. I'm the first. Everything that first one did, the second one will do for yeah. you. He just won't be in the flesh like I was. Amen? Amen. So when Jesus said he would send another comforter, he meant he would send himself in the spirit another one just like him as a matter of fact he said that it would be 
more advantageous for us if he went to heaven and sent this other comforter identical to him. Why? Because Jesus could only be in one place at one time in the flesh. Yes. But it was expedient and advantageous yes. for him to go to heaven yes. because he could send another comforter, one identical to him, yes. that could be in everyone, everywhere, That's all right. over the world. That's this right. comforter that I'm sending yes. is omnipresent. He's yes, going to be sir. everywhere. And in that way, not the works that I did, not only the works that I did, but you'll do greater works because I go to the Father. Yes. Amen. Because when I send this other comforter, he's going to be all over the place. Amen. I can only be in one place. Yes. In John 16, 7 through 11 in the Amplify, it says, I am telling you nothing but the truth. When I say it is profitable, good, expedient, advantageous for you that I go away because if I do not go away, the comforter, and then he identifies the comforter in the Amplified Bible. He says the comforter, counselor, helper, advocate, intercessor, strengthener, standby. How many knows we're talking about the Holy Ghost? Yes. Will not come to you into close fellowship with you, but if I go away, I will send him to you to be in close fellowship with you. He said, I will send him, not it. He said, I will send him to be in you and be in close fellowship with you. He said, I can be in close fellowship with you, but I can't be in you. Amen. Amen. Yes. There's an advantage to him being in us. Yes. So this is who the Holy Ghost is and what he will do for every believer. Yes. He's our comforter, counselor, helper, advocate, intercessor, strengthener, and standby. Yes. He is with us, and now he is in us. Yes. And how many of us are experiencing all the benefits of the Holy Ghost? I'll bet you we're not experiencing 5% of what the Holy Ghost has to offer us. Now, furthermore, the word comforter comes from a Greek word, paraclete, actually parakletos. But it means one called alongside to help. Yes. And that's in addition to him being our comforter, counselor, helper, advocate, intercessor, strengthener, and standby. He is called alongside of us to help. He is our helper. Yes. If you ain't doing nothing, he don't have nothing to help you with. That's right. He ain't doing nothing. That's right. But when you put your hand to something yes. and you get to the place, yes. this is as far as I can lift yes, this sir. thing. He, he's called alongside to help. Yes. That's like this podium. If I tried to move this and I couldn't move it by myself, I'd call Daryl alongside of me to help. Yes. And Daryl would take the other half and together we'd get it done. Yes. That's the way the Holy Ghost is. Amen. He ain't doing it all for you. You got to do your part, yes. whether it's with healing or anything else. Thank you, Jesus. you yes. have to do everything you can in the yes. natural Amen. to be healed. And then when nothing else can be done with you for you in the natural, the doctor gave you his best medicines, his best advice, the best therapy, and you still ain't getting healed. That's when you call on him. You call him alongside to help. Yes. Holy Ghost, I done did all that I could possibly do. I can't do no more. I've done everything in the natural. I need some supernatural. Right. Yeah. Yes. 
and he comes alongside to help. Yes. Yes. That's his job. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We don't realize the strength in the Holy Ghost. We don't realize the power that's in the Holy Ghost. We don't know how to draw from it. And that's what we're going to learn here. We're going to learn to draw from that power. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's why a lot of us fail in many areas of our life. Come on. We're not drawn from him. Right. We're trying to do it in ourselves. Yes. We don't have enough. Amen. He's our helper. His ministry in your life is to help you, to give you counsel, to advocate for you, speak on your behalf before the Father, to intercede for you in prayer, to strengthen you when you're weak, to be your standby, and to be there whenever you need him. Amen. He's there. Yeah. Well, I don't feel him. He's still there. Now, you may feel him and you might not feel him, but that don't mean he's not there. Right. You're thinking carnally. You're thinking yes. naturally yes. again. If yes. I can't see him, he feel him, uh, hear him, touch him, he ain't there. Uh -huh. No. Jesus said, I will never leave you or forsake you. And yet there's times when I feel so alone and so forsaken, I have to remind myself I'm not alone. That's I'm right. not forsaken. That's right. I might not feel you right now, Lord, but I know you're there because you said you would be there. That's right. And I call on him. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You can feel him. Yes. You can feel him, though. Yes, you and you'll get to the place where you will feel him. Yes. You will hear him. Yes. You'll know what he's saying. You'll yes. know what direction he wants you to go in. You'll know things that nobody told you on this earth. That's right. My kids were afraid of my wife when they were being raised. Because she, when she asked a question, she already knew the answer. And she said, now don't lie to me because the Holy Ghost is a tattletale. And he will tell on you. Yep. And those kids were terrified. They started singing truth. Amen. But I can honestly say there's not too many questions that she asked she didn't already know the answer to. She was just giving them a chance to fess up, just like God gave Adam a chance in the garden. He said, Adam, where are you? What have you done? Well, God knew where he was, and he knew what he'd done. He was trying to give him a, give him a chance to fess up. Hallelujah. But he not only wants to come to you, he wants to come in close fellowship with you and live inside of you. Yes. That's the promise Jesus gave us. If he's not all these things to you, then you need to start working on them. Yes. Amen. Yes. This is why Jesus sent him. And, and you know the ones that benefit the most from his help are the ones that hunger and thirst for him yes. the most. Remember I said at the beginning, this is voluntary. Yes. He don't force himself on you. Right. He don't jam himself down your throat nope. and into your spirit. Nope. You have to desire him and you have to want him. Yes. And the yes. more you desire, the more you want, the thirstier you are, yes. the more he'll come yes. to you. Amen. John told us in his gospel that on the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried saying, if any man thirst, any woman, any anyone thirst, let him come unto me and drink. Yes. He that believeth on me, as the scripture hath said, out of his belly will flow rivers of living water. He's talking about the baptism in the Holy Spirit. He wasn't talking about H2O, water. Because that will, it shouldn't come flowing out of you. If it does, then there's something wrong. You need to go see the doctor or something. He's talking, and then in the very next verse, he says, but 
This spake he of the Spirit. He made it real plain for us. He ain't talking about water. He's talking about the Holy Spirit. Amen. He's talking about being full of the Holy Spirit. And when you're baptized with the Holy Spirit, you're full of the Holy Spirit. He will flow from you like rivers. It's a life-giving spirit. It's a life-giving experience. If the Holy Spirit flows from you, it will be to minister life. Yes. Amen. Amen. Minister life to somebody. Every manifestation of the Holy Ghost is inside of you right now. And it will come forth as rivers of living waters if you allow it to. Amen. If you desire it to. Yes. And how many knows the more you take in, the more can come out. And then he said, but this spake he of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive, for the Holy Ghost was not yet given. This is before Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. Because that Jesus was not yet glorified. Well, Jesus has been glorified, and the yeah. Holy Ghost has been given. Yeah. And the more we acknowledge, honor, respect, love, and want a fellowship with him, the more he will come to us and manifest himself through us. The more his ministry will be evident in our lives. Yes. You know what? It's more than just being filled with the Holy Spirit. It's the evidence of the Holy Spirit. Yes. You know, the, the nine gifts of the Spirit have been given to the church. Already have been given to the church. It was a gift from Jesus. Yes. Nine gifts of the Spirit. Yes. But we don't, we shouldn't ask for the gifts of the Spirit. We should ask for the manifestation of the gifts right. because the church already owns them. You don't own them or operate them as an individual. It's as the Spirit wills. But we're all capable and equipped to operate in the gifts of the Spirit as the Spirit wills. And He calls on you. And when He calls on you, know in advance that you have the ability to operate in that gift. Yes. Amen. Amen. So we want the manifestation of things. Jesus said that this, the wind blows where it wants to. You don't know where it came from. You don't know where it's going. But you know what? We can see the results of it. Yes. We can see the leaves bending in a certain direction. Yes, you can. And, and if the wind's blowing hard enough, you can see the shingles going off your roof. You can see where it's been, but you don't know where it came from, when it's coming, or where it went. Amen? Amen. That's how it is with the Spirit. John 16, 8 through 14 says, And when he comes, he will convict. This is the, describing the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And when he comes, he will convict and convince the world and bring demonstration to it about sin and about righteousness, uprightness of heart, and right standing with God, and about judgment. This is part of his ministry. Mm -hmm. About sin because they do not believe in me. Trust in, rely on, and adhere to me. He described that as sin. That is the sin of the world that the Lamb of God came to take away. Amen. If you don't believe and trust and rely on and adhere to him concerning this sin, you will die with it and go to hell. This is the sin that John talked about uh, that there's no forgiveness for. A sin unto death, John called it. And that sin is simply not believing uh, in Jesus Christ and rejecting him. That's the only sin sends you to hell. If you went to hell for a visit right now, I say a visit, you will find 
in hell murderers and adulterers and fornicators and liars and thieves and every kind of sin you can imagine. But it's not because of any of those sins that they're in hell. That's right. Because you'll find those same people in heaven, but without the sin. And the only difference is the ones in hell rejected Jesus Christ. That's the only thing that will send you to hell. And the ones that are in heaven are the ones that accepted Jesus Christ and got those sins washed in the blood. That's the only sin you really need to be concerned with is, am I right with Jesus? Amen. And if you're truly right with Jesus... You'll see your life change day yes, by day, little by little, here yes. a little, there a little. Amen. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And then he says about righteousness, uprightness of heart and right standing with God, because I go to my father and you will see me no longer. About judgment, because the ruler, evil genius, prince of this world, Satan, is judged and condemned and sentence already is passed on him. He's already been judged and sentenced. Uh, I, I have still many things to say to you, verse 12, but you are not able to bear them or to take them upon you or to grasp them now. There's some things we're just not going to understand. So why should he tell us? Then he said, but when he, the spirit of truth, the truth giving spirit comes, the Holy Ghost, he will guide you into all the truth, the whole full truth. For he will not speak of his own message on his own authority, but he will tell whatever he hears from the Father. He will give the message that has been given to him, and he will announce and declare to you the things that are to come that will happen in the future. He'll show us things to come. He will honor and glorify me because he will take of, receive, draw upon what is mine and will reveal Declare, disclose, transmit it to you. So in other words, the Holy Spirit is not coming here with his own agenda. He's coming here with the Father's agenda, the yes. Son's agenda. Yes. And he will only tell you yes. the things that he heard or yes. the things that he was told to tell you. Yes, he will only do the things that he's seen in heaven and was told to do yes. and nothing more. Jesus said the same thing. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Yes. Yeah. Why? Because I only do the things that I heard. I say the things I heard him say and I only do the things that I've seen him do. Yes. That's the Holy Spirit. He will point you to Jesus and glorify Jesus. If you're hearing from any other spirit, they will never do that. No other spirit will point you to Jesus. Just the Holy Ghost. That's his job. Amen. Hallelujah. What a wonderful ministry he has. His first and primary ministry is to glorify Jesus. That should be our first and primary ministry. The Holy Ghost not only wants to draw you into a closer relationship with Jesus, but he wants to empower you for this life, for your ministry, whatever it is, because we all have a ministry of reconciliation. We all have the ministry to share Jesus Christ with the world. He will empower you to do that. He will empower you to be a witness, not to go witnessing. He will empower you to be a witness. And like Brother Hagin said, preach the gospel everywhere you go, and when necessary, use words. Right. 
Your life should be a gospel. Yes, That's your witness. That's yeah. your real witness is your life. Yeah. The fruits that's come, coming yeah. from your life. That's your yeah. witness. Amen. That will get more people saved than all the preaching in the world. Amen. People don't want to know how much you care or how much you know until they know how much you care. And I'm telling you, if you got the Holy Ghost in you, you got Jesus in you, you got God in you, and they're going to know how much you care. Yeah. Amen? Amen? Hallelujah. Let's pray. Father, we thank you and praise you. Thank you for the Word of God. The incorruptible, undeniable, uncompromisable, true Word of God. Thank you, Father, that you shared it with us, that you give it to us in written form. But we'll, we don't want to forget that Jesus is our living word. He is the living word of God. What I just shared today was from the written word of God. But as the Holy Ghost gets a hold of it and places it into each and everyone's heart, it becomes the living word. It is a word that is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, uh, piercing and dividing asunder. Uh, to the very soul and spirit and the joints and, and of the joints and marrow and as a discerner of the hearts and minds. So we thank you, Father, for that word, that discerning, powerful, penetrating word that got into us today. We thank you for the mighty Holy Spirit. We thank you that he is available to us and his ministry is available to us. And all we have to do is ask for him. So, Lord, I know I asked for him many years ago and lord you didn't let me down you filled me with your glorious spirit i spoke in other tongues as the spirit gave me utterance i've been speaking in tongues for the last 35 years hallelujah it's empowered me to do things i've never done before wasn't able to do before and i continue to do things and i continue to uh surprise even myself with the things that i'm able to accomplish in you so I thank you for that ability, Lord. And it's my prayer that everyone within the sound of my voice, whether it's in this room or on the YouTube channel or the podcast channel or the other social media channels that we're on, Lord, I pray that each and every one would have the experience of being filled and baptized with the Holy Ghost. I thank you and praise you, Lord, that a seed was planted today. And I ask you to water it and I ask you to bring forth the growth. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. amen. And amen. Let me pray just one more prayer over you and then we'll go to the back. But Father, I pray for each and every one that's in this house today. Lord, I know there's many needs in this place today. And I know that you can meet every one of those needs through the Holy Ghost. Lord, if somebody's in here this, this morning that needs a healing touch, I ask you to touch them right now. In the name of Jesus, from the top of their head to the soles of their feet, I ask you to drive out sickness and disease in Jesus' name. And I ask that healing go into their body and affect the healing and the cure in them by the power of the Holy Spirit. Lord, I ask for those that have a, a, a puzzling question, a circumstance in their life, they're looking for answers to something, Lord, I ask you to... Uh, Give them the answers that you're looking for. Holy Spirit, you know all things. I ask you to, to, to show them all truth. I ask you to give them a peek in the future. 
I ask you to give them the answer that they need right now in Jesus' name. And Lord, there's some in here that need to be delivered from things. Things that are not pleasing to you. I'm not saying they're alcoholics or drug addicts or anything of that nature. But there's things that they know are displeasing to you. And they want to get rid of them. They just haven't been able to do it in their own power. And I ask you to empower them by the Holy Ghost to do it right now. To set them free right now. Deliver them right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, I know there's people in here that have concerns about their children or their grandchildren. They took a wrong turn somewhere along the line and they lose sleep over them at night sometimes. But God, I ask you to give them that peace that passes all understanding. The Bible says that you are the God of all comfort. I ask you to comfort them. Give them special faith, which is also a gift of the Spirit, that they can sleep at night. They can lay their heads on that pillow at night and have sweet peace because they know that you have this situation in your hand. And even though it doesn't look like it now, we can know that you're going to take care of it down the road somewhere. And when the time is right, you will move. Hallelujah. And no devil in hell can stop you. So we thank you and we praise you, Lord, as you're ministering to your people right now. To their families in Jesus name we pray hallelujah praise you Jesus glory to your name God glory to your name we praise you we praise you we praise you we thank you in advance for all the answers hallelujah praise the Lord isn't God good he is all the time good hallelujah he's been good to me has he been good to you yes Praise the Lord. This concludes this message. Thank you for listening. We pray that it's been a blessing to you. For more information about FFC or its ministries, please contact the church office. God bless you, and remember, Jesus is Lord. Lord.